Welcome to the ETC Coaches Corner, an inside look into the Midlands' best private training facility, where we'll be discussing all things from nutrition to training and everything in between. In this episode, we're going to be, it's a, it's a meet the team special. It's very, very exciting. So today I'm joined by everyone's favourite coach, the youngest looking coach, Ruth Farmer. Good afternoon, Ruth. Good afternoon. Oh, marvellous. So we, we, we've stopped back in, I don't want to say the C word, but in COVID times, we did like a meet the members, meet the coaching team type thing. And as I was just explaining to Ruth off air, it was like our most viewed stories. And people just loved hearing from other people. And we thought it was a really good opportunity, well, this podcast was a really good opportunity for you guys to get to know your coaching team a little bit more, like the, the human side of us. I know, I know, I know as, as a coaching team, we always encourage being as human uh, as possible. We don't try to be anything that we're not. We don't pretend that we just eat chicken and broccoli and all that kind of BS. We try to be as real as possible. But I think this is a really nice opportunity for not just me, but for you guys to get to know us a little bit more. So I'm just going to be sitting with Ruth, going through a few bits, a few questions that hopefully she should know the answer to. And uh, yeah, enjoy it. So Ruth, let's just start with uh, the simple question of what did you have for breakfast this morning? Oh, you're going to love this. Am I? I had two Weetabix, uh, some pumpkin seeds, and then I had some protein yogurt with it and some milk. Oh, and a banana. Milk and protein yogurt. Yeah. So you mix milk and protein yogurt. Yeah. Well, I put the, the Weetabix in first, then I put the sunflower seeds on top, and then I put the milk on, then I put the yogurt on, and then I cooked some banana up and had that on top. It's a lot, but I love breakfast. I don't know how I feel about that. Don't knock it till you've tried it. I don't like Weetabix. I think Weetabix... Mm. Weetabix is one of the most overrated things ever. Cereal in general, I know Jack's going to hate this and people are not going to agree with me, but I just think cereal's massively overrated. It's the only cereal I would eat, other than oats. It just goes, isn't it? Just like, loads of calories, flavour, but then still hungry. Yeah. There you go. Right, let's, let's, let's go not, not too far back, because you obviously aren't very old. A little bit back. But just talk to us a little bit about kind of your upbringing. Like where, where were you born? Uh, so I was born in Northampton, born and bred. Yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I did not. I didn't know. I yeah. thought Bedford for some reason. No, I was born in Northampton General Hospital. Oh, fantastic! Yeah. And how long did you live in Northampton? Because obviously you live in Northampton now, but yes. there's been a little bit of a some few a few interventions in between things have happened. Yeah. Within that time, how long were you in Northampton? Where did you go to school? Did you have any siblings? Yes. So I am one of four. I have. Um, Brothers, all brothers. I was the only girl. So, oh my which god! Is really? No fun growing up. So two old, <laughs> two older brothers and a younger brother, Luke, mm. which most of you know, I'm sure, because obviously he does all the videography and photography for ETC. Yeah, we all know Luke. I reckon there'll be people who don't know that he's your brother. Yeah. And now that we've mentioned that. it, they'll be like, "Oh, I get it. They're the same." See the family resemblance. <laughs> yeah. You got strong genes. The farmers yeah. have got strong genes. We have young faces. Yeah. Old hair. <laughs> Honestly, we all went grey in our early 20s. So underneath all of this black, I am very grey. Young faces, old hair. Yeah. Like, you've got, like, there's got to be something there, isn't there? There's got to be a thing. Yeah, you can't have it all. So you had t- you, three brothers, yep. one younger, two older. Yep. Okay, and where did you go to school so, and what was it yeah, like growing up with 
Four brothers. Uh, three brothers, three yeah, brothers, four sorry. of us. Um, I went to, grew up in Nether Hayford, which is um, just off Junction 16 of the M1. Yeah, you all yeah. know it, it's out yeah, towards yeah. Toastaway. Um, yeah, great life. I grew up in the, I was born in 77, so grew up in the 1980s, which was the best decade. Yeah. You know, there was no internet, there was none of that. That's how old I am. So, you, just, <laughs> you know, we went out, we played with all the kids in the village. Everybody knew everybody. Um, yeah, great childhood, really lovely. You know, mum and dad. Mum didn't work. I used to go to school in the village, so we'd often come home for lunch. Oh, um, but having brothers, especially two older brothers, was quite challenging. Obviously, yeah. there were lots what, of arguing. What's the age gap between, between you guys? So the difference between Rob and Luke, so the oldest and the youngest, is 10 years. Oh, wow, okay. So there's five years between me and Rob, and then there was three between me and Matt, and then Luke was the younger. Right. And where does, what, what do they do now? So um, Luke obviously does the videography. He yeah. still lives in Nether Hayford. He's gone around and about he's yeah. lived in lots of different places um but he lives in never hayford now yeah. with his wife jade and their children and then rob is in town mm. uh he lives with his wife and they've got two sons in the Pumpton town Center. yeah okay. just up the road he's they've got two sons sol is 20 something and mm. he's doing a phd at oxford university the oxford yeah wow something to do with weather i don't know <laughs> He'll probably hate that I'm saying that. It's probably completely wrong. <laughs> he's like facepalming like, what yeah. weather? My older brother, Rob, he's really intelligent. And even he says he has no idea what Sol's doing. That is mad. Yeah. Oxford University PhD. Yeah. Holy smokes. Yeah. And then it, the younger one, Ivo, has just finished a marine biology um, master's, I think, in Aberystwyth. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. Farmers are yeah. smart. They're a smart bunch. Yes, all of us. <laughs> um, so yeah. you were in the Hayford. What time, when did you leave the nest, as they say? Um, so I actually moved out into Northampton when I was about 17. Okay. So I had my daughter, Sasha, when I was 18. Yeah, mad. Yeah, which is actually insane. Mad. But it was, a, it was quite a challenging time. Yeah. So staying at home wasn't really an option. Mm. So I moved out. Um, Stayed in a bed sit for a while. Um, had Sasha. What What's a bed sit like? Just it was actually on the Barrack Road. It's okay. actually literally just down there. I don't know. It's called Northampton House, and right. I had a, a a room with a. <laughs> sounds really sad with like a fifty p meter. Yeah. Where you put your money in to make the lights work and the electricity. And what and is it? Gas. That's basically. Is that like where you go where you can't afford to move yeah. anywhere and you have basically. a Bed. Yeah, just a room and a bed in there, yeah. And, and you just said you, that. a bed, and Sasha? Well, no, I didn't have Sasha at okay. the time I was pregnant right, okay. with Sasha. Wow. Yeah. What was that like? I don't remember an awful lot about it. It mm. wasn't overly, it wasn't overly nice. Mm. Um, and were you with Dad at the time? When, when you were in the sort bed Sort of, set? yeah. Okay. We, were, we were sort of, I lived there on my own, but we right. were sort of, we were sort of together. Okay. Um, turbulent. Is, is the way I will describe that. It's quite turbulent, yeah. So I stayed there for a little while. Then, sadly, my uh, older brother passed away. Um, and then my mum and dad let me come home, which was great. So he had a motorcycle accident when he was 20. Um, so then I came home and I actually had Sasha back in the village. Oh, right, okay. So you were in this bed sale. Obviously, the, the tragic accident with your brother happened and... After that, you moved back home. That's right. And then you had, and I had Sasha, Sasha at home. At home. At home or in hospital? No, well, in hospital, but okay. when I was living at home, back in Nether Hayford. Mad. Okay, great. So you had, you're 18 years old. You've got another human 
that yeah. you're responsible for. Yeah. How was, what was like, going through your head? Like, I said, it's so hard because you're 18, you don't even, you think you know everything, but yeah. you know nothing. And, that, and that's exactly what it was. Uh, I, I didn't really know. I didn't really know what was going on, although, you know, yeah. you've got this baby, but you can't comprehend at that age what's, what it's actually going to be like. Yeah. So, oh, I, I find it like baffling and amazing. Like, I look back when I was 18, and I can't barely remember it either. Just remember being an absolute idiot. <laughs> I, feel, I honestly feel like I've lived lots of different lives yeah. at this point now. So that was one. Yeah. So that that person, that, that, that Ruth, mm. I don't remember an awful lot about that time. Mm. And I'm not that person anymore. And I don't... Mm. Honestly, after looking after my grandsons for two days, I don't know how I did it. Mm. But you do, because life deals you... Mm. You either deal with it or you don't. And yeah. there was never an option that I yeah. wasn't going to, mm. to to deal with it or I mm. wasn't going to make something of it. So you're living at home with Sash? Yep. And how long were you at home for with Sash? Only, like, for, only for six months. Okay. So the relationship broke down a little bit again with my yeah. parents. Yeah. So then I moved, actually managed to rent a house okay. within the NN7 area. But weirdly, yeah. it was in Yarby Hastings, which is the other side of the Bedford Road. Okay, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So I rented somewhere there, uh, and I was there for about 18 months um, because I wanted a house back in the village, but yeah. I couldn't. There wasn't one. There wasn't like a council house for mm -hmm. me. So they said, you can either go into sheltered accommodation or mm -hmm. find somewhere to rent. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to go into one of those sheltered accommodation mm -hmm. ones. So found somewhere to rent, lived there, decided it'd be a really good idea to have another child. Yeah, always a good idea. Because yeah. why not? When yeah. you've got one, have another. So it's yeah. 13 months between Sasha and Scott. Right, okay. Um, so while I was living in the Ardley Hastings, I had Scott. Yeah. Or obviously at the hospital, had yeah. him. And then he was about six months, then I moved back to Never Hayford. Yeah, for the third time. For the third the thir time, yeah, however long, like yeah. Many so times. you're coming up to 20 years old. Yeah, I was 19 when I had Scott. 19 years old. You've got two kids. Yeah. And you're 19. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I know. And no GCSEs. Yeah. No A-levels. Yeah, I did. I had three GCSEs. Yeah, I'm yeah, lying. Yeah. I yeah, had three. Yeah. Three, that's all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. No A-levels. No, nothing. And is it, was that because you just weren't into school? You just like, nah, school's not for me? Or how, yeah. what was I it? just didn't. I didn't really enjoy it. I enjoyed... English, I enjoyed media studies and mm. everything else I didn't. I just wanted to mess around. Mm. I wasn't a very good student. Mm. Um, I could have been worse, but I just wanted to hang around with my mates and yeah. have fun. And I didn't try hard at it's all. It's so weird, man. Like how much people, you and I and everyone changes. Because you're like, you're like an exceptional student now. Yeah. Um, you know, you're always studying, always learning, always trying to better yeah. yourself. And it's like, if you were to have a conversation with yourself back then, like what, like what would you tell yourself? What would, what would Ruth now tell young Ruth? Yeah, just to try harder at school. <laughs> I wish I had, but school was so different back then. One of my GCSEs yeah. is in computering applications. What even is that? You think I was, what, 19? That's probably a degree now. Yeah. And you make you millions. Yeah. Working, working like the app store and that. Like. I think it was just typing, wasn't it? Oh, really? The first computers. Computers <laughs> weren't even a thing. I think it was just, yeah, a fun way of saying <laughs> typing. Um I do wish I'd tried harder. I had a lot more potential, but mm. I was, um, you know, there were a whole group of us and we were such good friends and mm. we just used to mess about. Yeah. Um, we weren't like 
rogues. We weren't yeah, mean to yeah, the teachers yeah. or anything like that. We just perhaps wasn't weren't at school. And my mum and dad didn't really check up on me. Yeah. You, know, you could get away with so much yeah. in the no like, late 80s no and in, 90s. No internet. Like, it, no no one filming phones. you. Yeah. Going, I'm going to have a point you. I'm offended. Yeah. It's just like, stuff happened. It's yeah. like, cool. Me and my mate Polly, we'd accidentally missed the bus. So we had to walk to school. Yeah. We would go, but of course yeah. it would take us ages to walk yeah. to school. And yeah, we just... Walk and chat and yeah. like, oh, we're late, whatever. Yeah, sorry. No, and no one, things were very different. Nobody, yeah. nobody was really that bothered. No electronic registers checking you in and out. Nope. No, you could get away with, well, not with murder. Obviously, didn't do that. Yeah, no, Booth did not murder anyone. No. <laughs> you can be convicted for previous, if you had like, admitted that you murdered someone, like, you can be convicted now for doing so. Oh, definitely. So there was no murders. No. Nothing Nothing happened. So you've got Scott and Sash, you're back into the Hayward, you're 19, mm-hmm. and what, what kind of happens over the next kind of five years? Um, you're bringing up two kids. By yourself, yes. Pretty much. By then, I was on my own. Yeah, yeah. With, with the with the children. Mum and dad were great. They helped out lots. Yeah. They used to help me with you know buying their clothes mm. and you know just generally like helping like looking after me as well mm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'd put on a lot of weight, mm. um, which was made me very sad. Mm. Um, I remember my mum taking a picture of me with Scott in one arm, Sasha in the other, and I filled the doorway, and I wow. was like. This has got to stop. So my dad actually bought me an um, exercise bike. Nice. Because I, I didn't have anyone to look after the kids. So I had yeah. the exercise bike in the front room. And I used to watch it in the evening and just pedal. Really? Move. Yeah. And then after a while, the kids got a bit older. And they would come. I'd go out. Maybe you started running. They'd come on their bikes so that we could all go together. You know, it's when they were obviously quite a little bit older. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, did eventually. It did took, took quite a long time. But, yeah, lost some weight, um, which was good. And then... Um, it was when Scott was two, I knew I needed to work. So I was on um, income support. Mm-hmm. So I needed to work. I wanted to work. So I got a job at the play school that Scott went to because yeah. then I could have his place. I didn't have to pay for his uh, play school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Smart. So he was there. I think Sasha must have been there as well. So I worked there for ages. And then they were like, well, so I did a BTEC in childhood studies. Mm-hmm. And then... Sasha went to school in the village, so still in the village, Scott went to school, and then I, after that, I got a job as a teaching assistant, Mm -hmm. looking after this little boy with cerebral palsy, just in the mornings, and then they were like, well, there's a full-time job for you, so then I started working there full-time, it was quite good because that job finished at three, Sasha and Scott finished at 3.15, so I had time to get home, so I didn't need any childcare, and then I had the, obviously, the, uh, uh, the, the holidays off, which was important. Yeah. So I did that, and while I was doing that, I was at Simon Descendus School in which opposite Danes Camp. Simon. Simon Descendus Primary School, yeah, opposite Danes Camp in East Hensbury. Okay. Near the big Tesco's, um, and the guy there, the teacher, I think he passed away. His name was Roger Samson. He was great, amazing man, and he was like, "I think you should train to be a teacher." And mm. I was like, "Ah, oh, okay." So he was like, "There was this course you could do. Mm. It was called the, it was a foundation degree in learning and teaching." You could only do it if you were a teaching assistant. Okay. So you worked for four days. Yeah. And then for four years, I went to university one day a week. Yeah. And I got a degree. I got a degree in teaching. So I had a full-time job, two kids, and (laughs) did a degree. And I always say I should have written my dissertation on SpongeBob SquarePants, because I swear I did all my work (laughs) while they were watching SpongeBob SquarePants. That's why when we listen to music, I'm like, is this this music distracting? You're like, "Uh, no. 
I used to listen and study to SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah, yeah. There you go. It's done. It's done you good. That's it. In the future. Yeah. Wow. So That's amazing. I can't even imagine. I did that. Yeah, and then I did a follow-up year. I had to do with the graduate teacher program after that, and I did that at the. I was so lucky because it paid about fourteen thousand for the year, which was good because I couldn't mm. do a PGC because it didn't pay enough, mm. okay. and I couldn't look after the kids. So I kind of went in, and it, I, I think I did it exactly the right time because. I, I got the funding for that, and I was able to do the graduate teach program at the school in the village where I lived. Okay. So, and Sasha was at, sorry, Scott was at school there. Sasha had just started secondary school. Mm. So it worked out perfectly. So I actually qualified when I was 30 to be a teacher. Wow. Yeah. That's amazing. So you kind of stayed in the area, like really, until you yeah. were about 30. By that point, yeah. Scott and Sasha are like 10, 12 and yeah, 10? 12 and 11. 12 and 11? Yeah. Okay, what happens over the next kind of five years? What yeah. happens? So then I, I, I got a job at um, Hopping Hill Primary School in Duston. Yeah. And I was there for eight years oh, as nice. a teacher. Yeah. So proper I, teacher. Proper teacher. Did my NQT there, made some great friends, loads of great kids. Um, loved it. Really, really, really loved it. But So that was eight years. So then, of course, we've got Sasha was 19, Scott was 18, Sasha had had a year out, she'd gone to Canada, mm -hmm. do some other bits and bobs, she was travelling at that time, she was going to come back and then go to uni, mm. Scott was already with Harriet, mm. and then they were both going to uni as well, and mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, what am I going to do? So I applied for a job in Dubai, Yeah. my cousin lives there, Yeah. and I spoke to him and he said, yeah, come enjoy it, because I thought I don't want to be twiddling my thumbs yeah. living in Northampton on my own. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I got the job in Dubai and then in 2015 I moved out there. Nice. Uh, for two years. Six years later I came back. That's <laughs> always the way. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I taught out there in, a, in an independent, uh, independent school, uh, international school. Yeah. Um, but we taught the British curriculum. Right, okay. So it was pretty much the same as what the curriculum that we would do here. Oh, okay. What do you say the major differences between teaching in Dubai to teaching in England? Um, Don't say the wages. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the wages. The wages, um, the tax bracket. The weather. Um, the weather, God. I yeah. thought that it was going to be really, really different. I thought, you know, these kids, their parents pay for them to go to school. Mm. They're going to be a real high caliber of student. Mm. They're going to really want to learn. Mm. They're no different to kids in England. Really? No different whatsoever. No. Still the same the same sorts of problems, the same sort of issues, mm. but you're just dealing with children from lots of different countries. Mm. So language barriers, that's quite a big one. Yeah. Because they all have to speak English. I obviously don't speak Arabic yeah. or actually any other language. So <laughs> You speak Australian? Can, oh yeah, and American. American really good well. American. Um, <laughs> so they'd come in and you'd get a lot of kids that perhaps didn't have great English. So mm. that was quite challenging. But there were always things put in place for them. We'd, speak, we'd do the... Um, certain programs that they'd have to do to learn mm. the language and things like that. Um, that was good. Uh, I think the hours are longer. You know, you'd start mm. quite early in the morning. We'd be starting at, we were getting to work for seven o'clock, so mm. starting for quarter to eight. Um, you'd work a lot, a lot more lessons as well that the children have to go to. Okay. So they'd have to go to uh, all the ones that you'd normally have here, you know, English, science, whatnot, but they'd also have to go to Arabic class and mm. then they'd have more provisions for things like design technology there was a lot more um 
a lot more things there for them mm. to do. You know, more like money, more resources. Exactly, that's it. The resources, that's the word. There were so many more things for them, which was great. But I didn't have to teach that sort of stuff either. There were specialist teachers, oh, so they'd really? go to PE for a specialist. They'd go to Arabic and Islamic for a specialist. They'd mm. go to you know design technology. All like would they'd have a certain teacher for woodwork, a certain teacher for computing. Mm. Um, really good, really really great stuff for them mm. to do. Um, and so many opportunities after school clubs, before school clubs, lunch clubs, um, yeah, loads and loads. And I think I'm sure there are loads of things here mm. for for kids in England. But I really feel that kids there do so much all the time. They're always at different clubs. They're always going to different things at the weekends. Mm. There's yeah, an awful lot for them. And was was your your cousin who lived yeah. there? Was it your cousin who influenced you to go to Dubai, or was it just? Let's yeah, just I was, find something and do I something. I was looking for to teach somewhere abroad, and I first started looking at Europe, but mm. the wages weren't really enough, and then you had to pay for accommodation mm. as well. And at that time, with the kids going to university, they mm. still were reliant on me mm. for money. Mm. So I needed to earn still decent money mm. so that I could still give them money. So I thought, mm. well, I can't go to Europe. And then we were just chatting, I think, online. He popped up on Facebook. Mm lived there since I think 1990 or 1988 he moved out there before it was big yeah been there 30 odd years now um and I said you know what's it like would you like it you know I've seen there's jobs at this school and he was like come you won't regret it and he was right Mm. you know it's a great place I love it there it's great great place to live great place to work when you get out of all of the glitz and the glamour and the Mm. stuff because when you live there it's not like that it's just really nice communities of people um, loads of stuff to do all of the time obviously the weather is perfect hot. for most of the year I and mean, it's really hot for you know five or six months of the year and that's pretty hideous but everywhere's geared up for it there's air conditioning everywhere you go from an air-conditioned apartment to your air-conditioned car to your air-conditioned place of work and sounds great yeah you know if you're silly enough to go outside um, and spend any time in the sunshine in July you know you massively regret it within moments really it's a desert, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. It's a desert. Yeah. I know I've never been to Dubai. Yeah. I'd like to go. Yeah. Just to experience it. Yeah. It's just so expensive, man. Yeah. Booked it going, and it's like for three nights in like a all right hotel, you're looking at 700, 800 pounds, not including flights. It's like, yeah. it's a lot of money. And then food and drinks over there are pretty expensive as well. Yes, it is. Yeah, it's really expensive, especially drinking. Especially if you're an English person. Like, obviously, the wages yeah. are relative yeah. over there. But yeah. Not, Okay, okay. So you've done an awful, you've done an awful lot in a relatively short period of time. So I'm just going to change, like, change the subject a little bit and talk about, you know, animals. Do you have like a favourite animal? Um, well, Walter the rabbit. <laughs> yeah, Walter the rabbit. Who's Walter the rabbit? I've inherited Walter. Um, yeah, Walter belonged to my son Scott and his lovely wife Harriet. Uh, they had him when they were at university, mm. and great bunny. He's so sweet. <laughs> great bunny. Yeah, he uses the litter tray. I really need to meet him. I really need to meet his rabbit. Oh, you do. He's so sweet. Yeah. And uh, is he forgiving you for being going away? Yeah, he's grumpy for a little while, and then he just chews something of mine. So I'm like, oh, I forgive you. I'm sorry. Yeah. 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 And then uh, yeah, so they obviously now they've got two little boys of yeah. their own. Poor Walter was a little bit neglected. Not neglected. He wasn't neglected, but. You know, children are more important than rabbits, apparently. Um, 
Depends who you speak to. Yeah, no, yeah, I guess. So, uh, so he, yeah, I, I said I'd have him at my house, which yeah. is lovely. So he's he's a house bunny, and he just hops around, <laughs> having fun. Um, he's really sweet. He's like he's not enjoying the hot weather. He's just yeah, laying down lots and. Yeah, I can't. I can't say the same. Yeah. Okay. What would you say that is one of the biggest impacts on your life that has made you the kind of person that you are today? Hmm. Um, there's been. Is there any 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 like moments or any kind of memories that you think I experienced this thing and it has either been positive or negative that's made you given you the characteristics that you are because you're not who you were when you were 18 no no not I'm not who I was when I was 30 I'm not who I was when I was probably even 40 okay you know I feel like I've had so many different lives I think when I was about so Sasha's got were quite young and I was sort of hanging around with people doing things that I perhaps shouldn't really be doing mm. um, because I'd given up most of my youth to mm. have kids mm. and I didn't want necessarily to be in the situation that I was in mm. so I suppose I went off the rails a little bit and what, what age was this um early 20s yeah early 20s I'm still obviously looking after the children yeah but, you know yeah you know but yeah and then I think you know I was hanging around with some perhaps some people that weren't great for me they weren't great for themselves you know doing lots of silly things mm. and you know some stuff happened and then all of these people were like turn their back on me mm. um and I felt really really alone I felt mm. really isolated I felt that none of it was my fault and they'd mm. all sided with this other person and it was then that I was just like I'm going to do something else. I'm mm. going to do something with my life. Mm. I'm not going to sit around and do nothing. Because I was doing nothing. I didn't mm. have a job. I didn't have prospects. I didn't have qualifications. Mm. And it was then I just thought, you know, sob a lot of you. Mm. I'm going to do something with my life. You go and do whatever you want. Mm. And that was when, that was like a big turning point for me, I think, because I was like, right, I'm not doing any of that. I quite don't have a particularly addictive personality. Mm. I can, I'll, do it or I won't. Mm. So I like was like, right, I'm not going to do any of that now. Mm. And now I'm going to face, uh, do what I need to do to get where I need to get to. Mm. And it was then that I started doing the, I had to get my maths GCSE. So I mm. went to evening school um, and I really sort of threw myself into doing my BTEC mm. and loads of other things and studying, um, you know, to get to be where I wanted to, or I didn't really know what path I was yeah. going to go on, but to but do something. You knew you didn't want to go down that path. So yeah, like, I can't go yeah. this way because this way doesn't end well for anyone. Yeah, so I have to do something else, and that kind of almost forced your hand to go. I need to pull my socks up. I need to make something of myself because otherwise, exactly, the alternative isn't a life that I actually want to be. Because I'll no. be like, I mean, you think that. if you think of somebody, you know, uh, I suppose stereotypically, you've got a, a young girl on her own, nineteen with two children, yeah, no qualifications. Yeah, you're immediately going to think, well, you know. So I could have gone down a very, very slippery slope yeah. and been in a very different situation. Mm -hmm. But I think it was then and I just thought, no, I'm, I'm going to make something of the life that I've got and mm. I'm responsible for that. Mm. Only I can do that. Mm. And I kind of wanted to make my mum and dad proud as well mm. because I'd made them 
What's the opposite of proud? Ashamed. <laughs> Ashamed. Yeah. Probably were. They probably wouldn't say that they were, but yeah, they were, and they were they were sort of sad. I suppose that not that you know. Obviously, you've got these two amazing children, but it wouldn't have been what they'd have chosen for me. Mm. And yeah, so I don't know whether they were ashamed of me, but I know that they wanted more. They wanted mm. more as well, and I think I wanted to make them mm. proud as well. Fair enough. I, so your parents sound like decent people. Yeah. They're clearly clever. Mm. You, all the farmers seem to be really smart. You brought up well. You had a lot of the right things. And I guess for them, they were like, what happened? Maybe, mm. I don't know, why, why isn't she doing this, going to Oxford and doing a PhD yeah. in weather ring <laughs> whatever it is i don't know yeah and when i got i had a lot of friends obviously and they were all going traveling and they were mm. going to university and i was at home yeah with and kids she had kids and it, yeah that that was tough that was hard to see because i wanted to be them them and doing their couldn't. things but i couldn't we always want what we don't have yeah 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 yeah, we, yeah we want what we are and it, we love the unattainable mm. So well, I can't go travelling because I have le- I legally have to keep these humans alive. Yeah, my and responsibility. That's hard. And they're like, and it was a, it was a hard lesson to learn. Um, and I think you know they're like, mum and dad were good at helping me once I'd realised that this was I'd made my bed. Mm. You know, I'd made those choices, and as young as I was, mm. I'd still made those choices, mm. um, and I had to 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 live with it, and I had to deal with it, and. You know, I think I've done not too bad a job in raising. We've had our ups and downs, but, mm. you know, they're pretty good kids. They seem it. Yeah. I'd love to meet Sasha one day. Oh, you will do one day. I will. Yeah. Um, how, how would Sasha describe you if she was here and she had to describe mm-hmm. her mum in a couple of sentences? What would she say about you? Yeah, she'd, she'd, she'd say lots of nice things. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, she'd say loads of nice things. She'd say, I don't know what how exactly what she'd say, but... Um, I know that she's very proud of me. I know that she's impressed with what I have achieved and, you know, all the the twists and turns that I've taken and I've helped her a lot along the way Mm. Um, because that's what you do, helped her over through some really difficult times Mm. Uh, and we have a really special relationship. Mm. And she'll probably listen to this, but I'll send her it over. So (laughs) I wonder, she'll have to write in the comments what she... uh, what she would actually what say. They, what are the sentences? I know. I know that she's. Uh, I know that she's proud of the stuff that I've done. And uh, I'll, I don't even know her. And I, I know she is. Yeah. Oh, pretty proud of you. You yeah. all think you're amazing. So, fast forward now. You're what? You're now 21 years old. How old are you in real life? 20, I'm 46. 46. Okay, not 21. So you look like you're 21, but you're actually 40, 46. You um, you moved back. From Dubai, you've mm. been teaching all kinds of things. You moved back to Northampton. What? What? Are you, what's going on? What, what are you doing? Why are you back? Well, so in 2020, yeah. uh, my first grandchild was born. So yeah, Wilbur, yeah, Wilbur, yeah, Wilbur. In September 2020, yeah, Scott and Harriet had Wilbur, and he was just amazing. And this little <laughs> tiny human, and then I'm thousands of miles away, and I'm like, ah, you have to, go and back. it's COVID. Oh yeah. Oh, so God. If you remember what that happened? Yeah. So he was born in the September. Yeah. And then I actually flew back in the October. You're still allowed to fly, and I was right. so paranoid about flying back. I was on the plane really? with like three masks oh, on my yeah. hood up, not daring <laughs> to do anything because I was coming back to meet yeah. Wilbur at, I mean, six, at the time, six weeks. We didn't know 
how dangerous it was. No. Was it, could it kill babies? Don't, this is it. Know. Scott and Harriet were brilliant. I yeah. literally walked in through the door and they were like, here you go, do you want the baby? And I'm like, no, I'm a shower. I'm washing my hair and get all of this off me. Yeah. Um, but they were brilliant. So yeah, so Wilbur was born. Um, and Sasha was doing really well. Sasha was actually living with me in Dubai at the time. Mint. Yeah, which was great. So, so we lived cool, together man. for two years. That is like the, 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 the pro of having kids that's so young. You can yeah. like hang out with your mum yeah. who's still like cool on that. Oh yeah. Like you know what I mean? Like young and like Yeah, we'd uh, go out together. Yeah, yeah. And you look drunk, you look the same. Yeah. You look the same. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sisters, isn't it? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. mad. Yeah. So she yeah, she was with me. Was she with me then? No, she was definitely with me then because yeah, she was with me during lockdown. Um and then she'd so yeah, so that happened so Wilbur was there and then I think we came back again at the Christmas and I wasn't happy with teaching. I kind of fallen out of love with it. Mm. We and you've I, been doing it now for twelve fourteen years. Fourteen years, yeah. yeah. So I, I'd really kind of got disheartened with I don't know, just everything, just all of the the marking, the mm. long long days. It just wasn't being the teacher that I knew yeah. I should be for the mm. children and I wanted to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd kind of been gearing myself up for it for a couple of years, saving a bit of money and doing some extra work. And then I just, just decided that I needed to stop teaching. I needed to actually hand my notice in. Mm-hmm. So talked to Sasha. She was doing really well. She met a, a really nice guy, Lachlan, mm-hmm. in, in Dubai. They were getting really well. Uh, no, new... He's Aussie. He's, he's... he's Australian. His family are Australian, but right. they live in Dubai. Oh, okay. And right. he'd flown Does back. Do his family still live in Dubai now? Yes. Oh, right. Currently. Okay. okay. Yeah. Um, they, they, they both now live in Australia. And Sasha and Lachlan now both live in Australia. Right, okay. Right, yeah. got it. So Sasha was, uh, uh, they were, they were going to go off and do wonderful things together. Yeah. She could stay with his yeah. family while I was gone until they could get back into Australia because obviously COVID. Mm. Um, were, and, were Dubai COVID rules, were they quite strict? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they were everywhere, weren't they? Yeah, I don't know. Some, some countries were like really strict, like China was like obviously. Yeah, there were ridiculous. curfews. Oh, we, curfews, okay. Yeah, we had to apply for permits to leave the house, and we were only allowed oh, wow. to leave once every three days. Once every three days. Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, let's not talk about COVID. Yeah, but yeah, no, okay. it was pretty horrible. So yeah, that was then, and then Scott and Harriet got pregnant again. Yeah. So um, I was going to be a grandparent again, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't miss out on. On all so of this. So you, you 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 met Wilbur. Did you move back to you went back to Dubai? I went Dubai? back again, met Wilbur. Yeah. Flew back to Dubai. Yeah. Then I went back again at the Christmas. We managed to get back in yeah. there. Yeah. And then then it was twenty twenty one. So I finished working in July of twenty twenty one. Yeah. In Dubai. Okay. And then I flew back to well, I had to quarantine in Ireland for ten days. And then I was right, allowed yeah. to come back into the UK mm-hmm. the following year, twenty twenty two, Edgar was born. So I was already back in the UK when baby number Got two it. came around. Okay, cool. It's hard to remember all these dates. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah, it's a, a lot, lot of stuff. A lot, a lot of, of life lot of stuff. events. Yeah. So you're back in Northampton, you've got two grandkids, and you decided you're going to stay in Northampton. Well, the idea was that I would come back and I would stay with my dad for a while. Yeah. His partner had passed away. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to stay with him for a while, and then I was going to go somewhere completely new. So anyway, I was living with dad and then I got lots of friends and they'd been posting about this gym that they're going to. And I'm like, I need a new gym to go to. Uh, looks pretty cool. So I applied online on the website. I spoke to this guy called Tim. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Sounds great. <laughs> joined, a gy- joined this gym, which obviously I fell in love with and it's great. And then 
you end up making new acquaintances and I've got a house here mm. and I thought well, I may as well move back into that so my idea of that was going a of, that's a story in itself isn't it the moving yeah. back into the house we're oh, not allowed to talk about that no. <laughs> so yeah so I just it was just and it's familiar so I kind of was mm. like no I won't stay in Northampton I'm going to go somewhere else mm. but then things happen and here I am back in Northampton mm. and you know, and it's good. It's nice. It is home mm. because it always has been. Scott and Harriet are only uh, an hour away. Luke lives uh, still in Northampton. My mm. older brother's in Northampton. My dad's in Northampton. My mm. mum's moving back from North Norfolk to mm. Northampton. So everybody's here. Mm. So it kind of makes sense to be here. And, you know, I've got an all right job now. So. All right job. Yeah. Your family are here. Yeah. Your second family are here. This is it. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. So since you kind of have been with us, you obviously started as a member and then you did like like relentless, relentless studying mm. nonstop. Like all the all your savings you had in Dubai, you just spent on nutrition qualifications, yeah. personal training qualifications, CPD, like literally everything. Yeah. And you know, from our perspective, from my perspective, like to see like how far you've come as a coach is like amazing. Like it honestly it, it makes us me so proud to be like the person who's kind of used to stand there and be a bit mm, to now like helping contribute to people changing their own lives positively mm. having a massive positive influence on members the coaching team like everything and it's it's so amazing to see where you are from where you have been and it's even more exciting to see where you're going with your your menopause stuff where we're building a really great reputation with your you're building your own reputation like I can't do that yeah. for you, um, and it's it's really really cool and it's exciting and I look forward to when you are taking over the whole of the Midlands and being the person who helps thousands of women and people understand their bodies more and empowering them to be the best version of themselves. And I think what you're doing with that is is really really cool and. I'd just like you to touch upon like why menopause? Why is it interesting to you? And why do you want to help people doing this thing? It's my age, isn't it? Yeah. It's people of mm. my age mm. who are experiencing perimenopause. And it's not been talked about. Mm. For, if you just spoke to me about this even three years ago, I wouldn't have known anything mm. about it. It first really came to my attention while I was, it was not long before I left Dubai and I was with my friend Becky and we were in there watching her husband play music, wonderful musician, Ben. Mm. He was playing a gig one night and one of Becky's friends was in there and she was having a terrible time. Mm. She knew she was in perimenopause, but mm. she was having a really, really terrible time. Mm. And talking to her and explaining what I wanted to do and how I was going to be studying nutrition and going back and I wanted to be coaching people more. Um, and it was actually a discussion with her and I thought, hmm, there's definitely pe more people need to know yeah. about this. Mm. And so it was always in the back of my mind, even though when I came back, I thought I want to do, I'll be a weight loss nutritionist. Mm. You know, that's what I want to do. Mm. But then the more I come back and then the more you, you see about it and you read about it. And then I was thinking about my own mum's experiences and my experiences of really close friends and my own experiences. And you're like, I know that I can make a difference and mm. I know that I can help women, people, anybody who's mm. going through it, whether it's, you know, people themselves or, you know, people connected to them, you know, husbands, 
yeah. wives of people, you know, sons, whatever it might be. I mean, I've learned, sorry to interrupt you, like I've learned so much from you about menopause and perimenopause. I thought I knew a little bit, but it's like, there's just so much that you just don't even realize that actually gives people a lot of answers and makes people, allows people to understand, oh, this is normal. Okay, and this might happen, this might not happen. What can I do about it to, to help me help myself so they're not going to suffer from like debilitating symptoms? Yeah, it's a really interesting topic. What I want to, I'm really keen on making it not scary mm. because I think there's a lot of scare tactics, there's a lot of stuff going, this is going to happen, this is going to happen. Mm. And it, it, a lot of people are going to feel quite nervous, quite apprehensive mm. about it starting, but mm. I want it to. I want to flip it on its head. I want it to be positive. I want mm. it to be a time where people can take ownership of it and absolutely own their menopause mm. and not be scared by it, by confronting it head on mm. and thinking, right, what can I do about it? But mm. not what can I do about it now to stop or to help to prevent the symptoms that I'm feeling, mm -hmm. but what can I do to help myself in 30 years' time? Exactly. Because that's the important thing, because mm. I know when I'm third in 30 years, will I still be alive? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. When I'm 80, I want to be able to get off the floor on my exactly. own. Exactly. I yeah. want to be able to get something off the top shelf. I want to be able to carry my bags back from the car. Hold Wilbur's child. I want to be a great <laughs> grandmother, a great, great grandmother. Yeah. You know, I want to do all of these things, yeah. you know, even now, you know, like I'll, I'll throw Wilbur and Edgar up and down like they're a wall ball, honestly, <laughs> and they absolutely love it. Yeah, and I want do. to do that in 20 years. Yeah, time. yeah. You know, not with Wilbur and Edgar, they'll be way too big way by too then. Big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I want to do it with their kids. And that's the important thing. So I want strong muscles. I want strong bones. I want my brain to be as healthy mm. as it can. And that's really kind of the thing that I'm trying mm. to really push on people that mm. that's what you need to be thinking about. And that's hard when you're 20 and you're 30, mm. isn't it? To think yeah. about what I do now impacts me massively, but that's Massive. the long and short of it is yeah. that. And it, it, it's great to, you know, for someone who, who's 46 and well-qualified and articulate to be able to convey that message and understanding, you know, you were 19 years old, two kids, overweight, no job, no prospects, no, no real aspirations to now be in a position of trying to help as many people as you can, giving them the right information, giving them the right guidance to help prepare them for their later life. It's a pretty, it's a bit like a superhero story, isn't it? Yeah. It's like the superhero starts like, oh, life's really hard, like, and like finds themselves and becomes strong and like helps everyone else. Yeah. Basically a superhero, that's what well, I'm trying to say. Thanks. Class. Ruth, it's been absolutely lovely to, uh, to talk with you and get to know you a little bit more. There's definitely things today that I didn't actually know, yeah. which is which is really neat. So uh, thank you so much for spending your time, time with me in this warm Friday afternoon. I hope you guys really enjoyed this. I'm sure you, you absolutely will. Ruth, everyone's favorite coach. Um, yeah, she's amazing. Thank you so much. Well, and uh, yeah, next week we're going to be talking to someone else. I don't know who yet, but we'll be talking to some of the team so we can get to know everyone a little bit, a little bit better. <laughs> Have a good weekend, guys. Take care.